Barbara Lessing stared out the window at the snowy field behind the hospital. The afternoon sky was dark with yet more snow to come. She looked at the slender figure in the bed, her daughter, Crystal, barely 22 years old and healthy her entire life, was now, somehow, dying. The young woman had been in the Nassau University Medical Center, ICU, for two days. She'd been seen by a dozen doctors and had scores of tests, yet no one seemed to have the slightest idea of just what was killing her. It all started at the dentist's office. Crystal had had a couple of impacted wisdom teeth taken out the month before, but even after the teeth were gone, the pain persisted. She called her mother halfway across the state, just about every day, to complain. Call your dentist, she'd urged her daughter, and she had, finally. The dentist gave her a week's worth of antibiotics, and then another. After that, her mouth felt better, but she didn't. She was tired, achy. For the next week, she felt like she was coming down with something. Then the bloody diarrhea started, and then the fevers. Why didn't you go to the doctor sooner? The trim, middle-aged woman scolded her daughter silently. Barbara had gotten a call from a doctor in the emergency room of this suburban hospital the night before. Her daughter was ill, he told her, deathly ill. She drove to Syracuse, caught the next flight to New York City, and drove to the sprawling academic medical center on Long Island. In the ICU, Dr. Daniel Wagoner, a resident in his second year of training, ushered her in to see her daughter. Crystal was asleep, her dark curly hair a tangled mat on the pillow, and she looked very thin. But most terrifying of all, she was yellow, highlighter yellow. Wagoner could feel his heart racing as he stood looking at this jaundiced wisp of a girl lying motionless on the bed. The bright, unnatural yellow of her skin was shiny with sweat. She had a fever of nearly 103. Her pulse was rapid, but barely palpable, and she was breathing much faster than normal, despite the oxygen piped into her nose. She slept most of the time now, and when awake, she was often confused about where she was and how she had gotten there. To a doctor, nothing is more terrifying than a patient who is dying before your eyes. Death is a part of the regular routine of the ICU. It can be a welcome relief to the patient or to his family. Even a doctor may accept it for a patient whose life can be prolonged no longer, but not for a young girl who was healthy just weeks ago. These doctors had done everything they could think of, but there was still a fear, a reasonable fear, that they'd missed some clue that could mean the difference between life and death for this young woman. She shouldn't die, but the young resident and all the doctors caring for her knew that she might. Crystal's thin chart was filled with numbers that testified to how very ill she was. Wagoner had been through the chart a dozen times. Virtually every test they'd run was abnormal. Her white blood cell count was very high, suggesting an infection, and her red blood cell count was low. She had barely half the amount of blood she should have. She'd gotten a transfusion in the emergency room, and another after she was moved to the ICU, but her blood count never budged. Her kidneys weren't working. Her clotting system wasn't either. Her yellow skin was covered in bruises, and her urine was stained deep red. Sometimes, 
If you just work hard enough to keep a patient alive, to keep the blood circulating, the lungs oxygenating, the blood pressure high enough, the body will be able to survive even a vicious illness. These are the miracles brought by technological advances. Sometimes, but not this time. The ICU gave Crystal bag after bag of blood. They did their best to shore up her damaged clotting system. She got pressors, medications designed to increase blood pressure, and fluids to help her kidneys. She was on several broad-spectrum antibiotics. And yet none of that was enough. She needed a diagnosis. Indeed, she was dying for a diagnosis. This program is about the process of making that diagnosis, making any diagnosis. So often this crucial linchpin of medicine goes unnoticed and undescribed. Yet it is often the most difficult and most important component of what physicians do. As pervasive as medicine has become in modern life, this process remains mostly hidden, often misunderstood, and sometimes mistrusted. In movies and novels, it's usually the one-liner that separates the fascinating symptoms from the initiation of the life-saving therapy. On television, it's the contemporary version of Star Trek's Dr. McCoy's magic device, his tricorder, that sees all, tells all. But in real life, the story of making a diagnosis is the most complex and exciting story that doctors tell. And these are stories that doctors tell. Just as Sherlock Holmes or Nick Charles, the hero of the Thin Man series, or CSI's Gil Grissom delight in explaining the crime to victims and colleagues, doctors take pleasure in recounting the completed story of their complex diagnoses, stories where every strange symptom and unexpected finding, every mystifying twist and nearly overlooked clue finally fit together just right, and the diagnosis is revealed. In this audio, I'll take you into those conversations and onto the front lines where these modern medical mysteries are solved, or sometimes not. 